On today's episode, we have Melika joining us. We're going to be talking about dating and rejection and what that looks like in the Christian world, how that's gone wrong, how it can go better. Melika has a lot to share. She has a lot of insight, and so I'm excited for you guys to hear from her. Let's dive on in. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm sitting here with Melika and we are talking about dating and rejection. We're going to focus mostly on rejection, but you can't talk about rejection without talking about dating. Um, but before... Uh, good old rejection. <laughs> yeah, it's a really fun, happy topic. Um, <laughs> before we get into that, Melika, could you just introduce yourself to us, kind of what's your story, what's your background, where are you coming from? Yeah. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Malika Consultado, um, and I am in my 30s. I'm 32, um, probably three significant relationships in my life. Um, a lot of, you know, first, second, third dates <laughs> growing up, <laughs> but like three significant relationships, some unrequited um, mm-hmm. and some that, mm-hmm. you know, were, um, yeah, mutual. Um, but I live in Southern California. Yes, I'm Filipina, <laughs> Filipina American. I work at Biola. I've been here now for nine years. Mm-hmm. I also did my undergrad at Biola. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I'm passionate about healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. dating is part of that process. And so I love having these conversations. I mean, anyone who knows me <laughs> um, and any student who has navigated their own relationship journey with me knows that my deepest desire is authenticity mm-hmm. in ourselves mm-hmm. and how we're treating ourselves and another person. Mm-hmm. And so I think all aspects of dating, rejection, relationship is part of our learning process. Mm-hmm. And when we don't, um, uh, when we neglect a part of that and specifically here the the goodbye, the mm-hmm, ending, mm-hmm, the rejection, mm-hmm. I think we miss out on really good growth. Yeah. So, yeah. And your two roles, or have you had multiple roles at Biola? Right. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> The two roles uh, I know you had, but I'm sure you've had more. Right. So I came to Biola in 2011 and mm-hmm. was a resident director, mm-hmm. um, first in Alpha, which is the all-female hall mm-hmm. on campus. And then when Blackstone was open, mm-hmm. um, they moved me over there. So which I was is there a for, new dorm on the, campus. The newest it's dorm on campus. got green, like, oh, yeah. borders. I don't know why. It's called aspar- the actual color on, like, the palette is, like, asparagus, asparagus green green yeah and so that's actually more accurate than neon <laughs> green i just I didn't think to put asparagus <laughs> right right no um but it was a great um you know it's very unique to be able to say that you were part of the start of a mm-hmm, community mm-hmm, um because mm-hmm. you know you come to an institution and you are inherited or engulfed yeah. into an existing mm-hmm. community like steward or heart that has tradition that has tradition about it yes yeah. and so to be able to be a part of something that is the beginning um is, was really exciting. So we, you know, we inherited Emerson in the sense mm-hmm. of like a lot of the Emerson men were kind of the first part of the communities. <laughs> uh, it was great, you know. And Emerson, for those of you who are oh, listening who yes. don't know, uh, Emerson was an all male dorm. What uh, I actually lived in, it was its last year, um, and so most of the guys that were in the all male dorm for one years, two years, mm-hmm. three years went over to Blackstone, which was a co-ed dorm. So you can imagine guys who've been living by themselves, <laughs> which is other dudes. The home of men. <laughs> yeah, uh, to living in a more co-ed kind of environment. Not that they were women. They, guys and girls stores were so separated, but you shared lobbies. Um, yeah, community so, events. So yeah. it was great. It's great to watch yeah. um, men and women interact. <laughs> so and that, <laughs> so I was there for seven and a half years mm-hmm. in, in the role of a resident director. And then in the spring of 2018, I transitioned into my current role as the director for the Office of Student Enrichment and Intercultural mm-hmm. Development, which mm-hmm. is a very long title. It is. <laughs> but so, we have an acronym. Called SEED. So <laughs> if you hear SEED at Biola, I get to run that ship, and it's a privilege to yeah. do so. Yeah, so being an RD and being a part of SEED, but especially being an RD, I'm sure you've dealt a lot with dating and rejection, mm-hmm. um, just with students in terms of them processing through you know going on a guy rad or <laughs> doing things that you know it just happened at a university happens, right uh, but before we get into maybe some of those anecdotal stories that will help us talk through dating and rejection maybe we can flesh out a little bit of our own experiences of mm. dating and rejection so what i mean even conceptually when you were growing up in the christian church or even before coming to jesus or whatever that journey was 
when you heard the word dating mm-hmm. kind of through the years, what did that mean to you? And when you heard the word rejection, <laughs> what did that word mean to you? Definitely. Um, so I think, you know, two parts of my journey that have shaped me is my family context of growing up in a very traditional Filipino household um, where men and women have very specific roles and mm-hmm. how women are to act, you know, and um, and so growing up as like the eldest daughter of a Filipino immigrant ho- household, there's just a lot of expectations of how we are to act um how we're to be perceived Mm -hmm. um by those around us and so in the area of kind of dating and relationship you know as a woman in our community you know you don't go out you're not going Mm -hmm. you're not going and dating (laughs) Mm -hmm. um in the sense of like meeting people um you know, not having anything of like a specific title. Um, Usually you're maybe being set up with family members, but, um, and specifically within my community, with my family, it's not until you're older, right? Mm. And if you are dating, like most of my family, my aunts, you know, they dated for a long time, like Mm. eight, seven, you know, 10 years before Mm -hmm. they got married. So Mm -hmm. um, we are pretty religious, conservative (laughs) family. Um, And so when you are bringing anyone home, it's a pretty serious thing. So Mm -hmm. you're not just bringing any person you're interested in. Mm -hmm. Um, And so technically with on that part of my family, I've never brought anyone home, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So they've known, you know, I've dated or been interested in someone, um, but I've never brought anyone home because to to bring anyone home in my family would be communicate Mm -hmm. like, Mm-hmm. marriage it's a big deal it's big deal yeah. big you know um and i think that's probably shaped with my catholic tradition of mm-hmm. my family mm-hmm. so my family would i would say it's culturally catholic and so that's shaped a big part of like how i even saw dating growing up you mm-hmm. know it was very serious um mm-hmm. and then kind of and we became a Christian in junior high. Uh, and we know this even being at Biola, kind of the dating culture mm-hmm. can be really confusing. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Or be, non-existent. Or non-existent. Or like overly pressured. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and I, I think in some ways um, I wasn't really modeled like healthy relational building <clears throat> um, in the context of cross-gendered relationships mm. um, that was not kind of in a dating context, right? It's like if you're starting to, you know, build relationship with someone of the opposite gender, it's because you're interested in them, mm-hmm. right? Which means then mm-hmm. you're going to lead to dating. Which... There's an end There's an end to the friendship kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, and sometimes we talked about that or you read books like Ladies in Waiting um, or, <laughs> you know, we came from the I Kiss Dating Goodbye, uh-huh. Uh-huh. like, you know, generation. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and it did cause a lot of harm because I think it didn't allow – us to make mistakes in healthy ways, oh, yeah. you know, um, we, there was just like, well, if I'm talking to this person and then that means that we have to commit in mm-hmm. this capacity and you're like 12 mm-hmm. years old, mm-hmm. you know, or in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had all those silly crushes, but it was like, yeah. you know, if you start to think in this way, you're meet, you're moving towards this kind of bigger commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I look back and I think that actually hindered just kind of the, the, the freedom of growing as part of the dating process um, mm-hmm. and, and going through Biola, you know, in the same mm-hmm. kind of capacity. I didn't really do any kind of like uh, dating in the sense of like uh, pursuing or um, being intentional with someone who I'm actually like romantically interested mm-hmm. in I, I, um, until like post-college, mm-hmm. you know, because um, mm-hmm. I think there were so many different um unsaid rules yeah <laughs> viola yep. right you could have like interest with someone or you could have a crush with someone but i think that the act of saying hey um colton i think you're an amazing person and i actually <laughs> this is an example here um <laughs> this is not happening in real time just um and being like and actually just uh, you know, once we've got to a place of being friends, like, but I'd really actually see mm-hmm. what would it look like to engage deep in a, in a way that's not just friendship, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. to start using our language and our mm-hmm. voices. Mm-hmm. And I do think prior to or post college, when you have a bit more of like a um, revolving doors or capacity to be in community with those of the opposite, you know, sex, um, it's easy to kind of do like getting to know people mm-hmm. in that way. But when you're post-college and you're in the workforce, you're in your 20s, 30s, mm-hmm. um, 
if you actually want to get to know someone, you have to be pretty intentional yeah. about it. Because yeah. you're not like, I, I joke about it. Like when I talk to my friends who, you know, I was in seven weddings right after Biola. Uh-huh. I'll be in Classic. my like, right. I, I will be in my, in this coming year, in my 20th wedding, <laughs> like mm. as a either bridesmaid or uh, maid of honor. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> got my share of that. But yeah. we joke about like, you know, our my one of my girlfriends, like and her now husband, they were in the same like class together. Mm-hmm. You know, they had, you know, that one was a freshman, one was a junior, but they would, we lived in the same hall and you would just all of a sudden just keep seeing each other like mm-hmm. in the lobby of a place or like walking slowly at a class. And so you had a lot of opportunities mm-hmm. to kind of like, keep interacting with one another but i think post college you're not do I mean, mm. you're a real creeper yeah you know like coming to the same like yeah you know all of a sudden you're changing churches because yeah. you don't want to do that yep. um and and so i think you actually have to practice this muscle um if you didn't develop that kind of in your high school junior high college years to yeah. Um, verbalize interests, you mm-hmm. know, um, state your intentions. Mm-hmm. That's not like I want to marry you, mm-hmm. but saying, hey, like you've been in my, you know, um, in my cycling class and we've had great conversation. Mm-hmm. I'd love to grab coffee with you, you know, and and, and mm-hmm. not being like, I don't know if I like you, <laughs> yeah. right? you know, yeah. but I'd actually like to get to know you and yeah. I'm being intentional and letting you know that. Yeah. Um, and so I would say like that did not come that part of my own um, viewing of seeing dating as a really healthy place of growth and mm-hmm. getting to know under understanding myself and others to probably like mid post grad school. Yeah. So I don't know. That so I mean, like, I mean, that rings a bell with me, even talking about, oh, we're in the same cycling class or <laughs> things like that. But the reason you're scared of voicing interest is because what we're talking about today is rejection. Yeah. I'm so like, for you, when you were growing up, even through college and mm-hmm. stuff, when you thought of rejection, what did rejection mean? Was rejection just like, oh, we're not, you know, compatible? Or was rejection like an indictment of your character? Or was rejection mm. a judgment of God even? Like what, what did rejection mean to you? Um, we'll get into what it should mean and what we think is healthy ways of viewing it. But what it, what did it mean to you kind of going through that stage of your life? Yeah. You know, I think looking back now on kind of some of the major um moments of rejection in the in the dating aspect mm-hmm. um i remember thinking you know something's wrong with mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. um or or even viewing like um when someone was rejecting another person it's like that person was not what they expected you know mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and if i'm being honest in those moments of like well i'm not worthy to be with that person mm. very kind of like deeply yeah. um person related right identity Identity, like um there's what is why why kind of Mm -hmm. thing like why why can't you why can't we try it out you know like how do you know that we're not compatible right like i think we are kind of like this kind of notion of like (laughs) okay you uh, see what i'm seeing (laughs) like when you have that moment you know i think about like probably my one of my first like heartbreaks and loves like we were amazing friends and Mm -hmm. i thought in my head like you know, we're just, we're still young. We're still learning about this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and why not try and yeah. see, like, I, I am committed in the sense of getting to know you and, and pursuing you and dating um, and being like, what is it with me that you would not want to continue? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, um, so I, in some ways it was actually pretty selfish way of seeing things. Right. It was this mm-hmm. like, well, what's wrong with me or, or, you know, like, and then you want to be like, it's just them. They're dumb. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah. um, they but, don't know how good I am right? or what they're missing out on. Right. <laughs> and I think in the ways of like, when you're with people who are trying to comfort you in a, yeah. in a place of like grief of loss, you mm-hmm. know, people are like, you know, the, the Lord has something better mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, um, this is going to save you from heartache in yep. the future. Um, and not that all those things are not also true. Yeah. Or um, even well-intentioned. Well-intentioned. But it was just like, this is how God is saying no. Yeah. Because God, God closed this, this door. door for you. You know that guy that was your best friend that you got along with and you clicked and you saw every good sign of marriage. And for some reason, he didn't see it. 
well, God closed that door because he doesn't want you to be with your best friend. Right. And, <laughs> so, and, and you have well other people. Yeah. You know, you're supposed to be with someone else or yeah. or not be with anyone. You yeah. know, like we don't talk mm-hmm. about that at all. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I even was talking to a friend, you know, I was like, I'm, I'm, I think it's really good to, if you know people, I have no problem. Like, hey, can I set you up with a friend? You know, I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys would kind of kick it off. Um, but he was like, you know, actually, I'm kind of actually navigating if I'm going to be pursuing like a journey of like celibacy, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and not enter into that. And I'm like, that's great. Like in the sense of mm-hmm. just like I, I honor that and respect that. And mm-hmm. I think we don't actually have that kind of like um, uh, space or response, I think, within the Protestant Christian mm-hmm. um, tradition. It's like, oh, why? Like, mm-hmm. why? you know like it's not too late for you but I'm like well when someone like so for instance I'm I'm pretty much in that camp right now Mm. don't freak out mom but um, (laughs) where I mean people have tried to set me up not Mm. even just because they think I'm the greatest guy ever it's not like a bragging thing but just because Christians love setting up their friends it's a great way to meet people totally yeah but I'm like I'm Mm. just kind of figuring out like can I be fully you know healthy and holy and wholesome being single Um, I don't know if that's celibacy but I'm like I just want to go into this because the rest of my life was kind of revolving around the D idea of you getting married and mm. then you have kids and you do your career. Um, but then I always have to defend myself because people are like, they're thinking it's a cop out because I'm right. scared of rejection or they're like, mm. but Colton, you're a catch or no, you're, yeah. you're more handsome than that. Or like almost assuming that those who choose a life of celibacy are weird, ugly, mm-hmm. unwanted people. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, that's a big conversation. We talked about singleness on the podcast, but it's, I mean, when I've told people, like, I'm trying to see what it looks like to be fully single mm-hmm. and fully alive in Jesus, and mm-hmm. maybe that leads to celibacy, maybe it doesn't, but I'm not really interested in being set up right now. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are like, hmm, like, I don't well, buy kind of like, it. Like, I don't some- buy that that's genuine. Right, like, or something like, yeah. maybe you're not navigating something. You're like, no, yeah. instead of being like, how how can I learn more about that journey for yeah. you? You know, and I do think that's one thing that the Catholic community traditions do have. Like I have several uncles who are part of um, um, orders, you mm-hmm. know, and I have mm-hmm. several aunts who are nuns. And I think what's one of my conversations with them is that um, they don't talk about themselves in a place of lacking. And they're some mm-hmm. of the most enriched, relationally enriched people that I know, you know, mm-hmm. and um because in some ways there's a language for their decision and mm-hmm. for their journey. Um, and there's even a place for them in that community. So mm-hmm. I, I don't, maybe because we don't have that. I always talk about like, yeah. when we're, are we going to bring up what Paul says? Like, if you can be unmarried, yeah. be unmarried. Uh-huh. Because um, if you are married, you live a divided life, like a divided mm-hmm. heart. Um, Doesn't mean it's a terrible thing. No. Doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Doesn't mean it's a negative thing. It's just Paul, it's not that he's necessarily elevating singleness above marriage. But he's more saying you're living more into the future of what is to come mm-hmm. than you would be with marriage. Although marriage is also then a symbol right. for what is to come. So it's this it's weird. This is this weird interplay so, between the two. Yeah. And I guess wish we would have um, more of a response that's not like oh, something's wrong. Yeah. And more... we need to like get some ice cream and like mourn this with our friend. Yeah, like, have like... you given up on dating <laughs> instead of being and like. And when you say I'm giving up on dating, it's because you've given up on yourself. Right. You know. Like, I'm uh, actually trying to just wrestle with um, what seems like faithful obedience in the season yeah. that I'm in. And, and so I think coming alongside and being like, yeah, tell me more about that or uh-huh. what what has been hard or difficult in our current culture to pursue that genuinely. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I guess, I guess a question out of all this is, like, has the church, do you think, done dating well? <laughs> um and what are areas that have been bad and what areas need to be improved or just that are good? Um, so, like, how have you experienced the church, church culture um, in regards to dating? And then we'll get into rejection and sadness. But yeah. let's let's start with, you know, the crowd who hasn't, you know, succumbed to the rejection of celibacy, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, hasn't fallen into that. But they're still like, yeah, I want to date. I want to I want to get married, yada, yada. So how? How can they go about this? Is our culture actually a good place for them to to be dating? Um, or have we actually created a culture that's not helpful um, for them in dating? Um, well, I would hate to lump up church in one culture. Yeah. Obviously, <laughs> there's a bunch of different expressions. Yeah. Um, and, and but I, maybe I, like evangelical church culture because that's broadly the audience. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, because I think I, um, being a single person, you know, who has navigated kind of the evangelical church since I was 13, since mm-hmm. I became a believer, mm-hmm. um, I've seen it ebb and flow. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen yeah. um, some of my best mentors come from the church who mm-hmm. have given me space to date well you know mm-hmm. have given mm-hmm. me counsel and then i've seen the larger church also um send out messages specifically to women um mm-hmm. about like um being promiscuous if mm-hmm. we are dating several people mm-hmm. you know I-, I remember even navigating with three of my girlfriends like uh, she's like, um, is it right for me to like, I, cause she, you know, um, we were on a dating app, you know, mm-hmm. and she's like, is it right for me to like go on a date on Tuesday with this person that I met <laughs> on the app and then mm-hmm. a date on Friday with a friend that I was being set up if they're just first dates. Cause it feels mm-hmm. like once you've said yes to one, you should wait until, mm-hmm. and I would mm-hmm. say like maybe my younger self would have been like, yeah, like, yeah. like if you're, that's like you're yeah. you're two timing people you know mm-hmm. and i'm like, like no you're just you know you have you have limited time you yeah. get to know people so and it's I, not like you wanted to schedule like let me try to get two dates right. with two different guys in one week it just kind of happened that way well and i think sometimes we jump to i think yes unhealthy versions of dating for dating sake in the sense mm-hmm. of like f- trying to fulfill your own selfish yeah. desires like yeah. i think worldly images get d- mm-hmm. depicted onto this like mm-hmm. that person who's just like dating and um well it's about what you can get out of the relationship oh i've been kind of lonely i'm getting old Mm -hmm. i need to probably start dating more yeah let me swipe and just you know like feel (laughs) better about myself we're not on tinder because we're christians (laughs) so we're probably on like hinge or coffee meets bagel i mean i was in a wedding a bridesmaid (laughs) where they met on tinder so no no shame no shame i mean we gave them a pillow for a bridal shower tinder as a whole i don't think is very good no 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 yeah but there is there can be redeemable things within it as well yes yes it's a medium and i think that medium is definitely abused but no 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 so gosh i think what's hard about like that question is i think people want an easy kind of like this is what you've done wrong tell me the five steps to dating right like what's the how-to of dating and i do think what is actually hard is understanding what is behind the desire behind people Mm -hmm. right whether you're in junior high and you're still you're learning what it looks like to um respond to your like desires and your Mm -hmm. interests and attraction Mm -hmm. and you're building that muscle as you get older Mm -hmm. um and in junior high i feel like it's not even that they necessarily are desiring dating right they're just realizing i like this person and so like i want to talk to her once every three weeks and it's (laughs) gonna be really uncomfortable but that's enough it's not like they're like the dating of college no junior higher is actually desiring to date it's just more like experiencing what you said like desire of like oh what is this new desire to be in a different kind of relationship or friendship Mm -hmm. with this person and so i think like how do we then appropriately give language to those seasons Mm -hmm. right and Mm -hmm. and if we don't talk about it i think that's one of the things is if we don't talk about it in the church where we can have these hopefully helpful and really thoughtful conversations well they're going to learn it somewhere so i do think that's something that the church needs to do is Uh because they're not going to learn it in places where they have of mentors or men and women who are designing their growth they're going to learn it from media they're going to learn it from um you know different outsource i see that with my cousins you know um like where did you learn about what your power is in your body mm-hmm. well, i learned mm-hmm. it when i saw that like that fact that i can command a room by what i do mm-hmm. you know with mm-hmm. my body and mm-hmm. um and so if we don't engage in those conversations i'm grateful to to have men and women who are mentors who are part of my church body who allowed me to wrestle with my like missteps in dating mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and to um so i do think when done well uh i think it really hits to the the heart of people's fears their curiosities of building a relationship i think it's the more so of like um identifying things or i think sooner than they should be right mm-hmm. like Oh, you've gone on three dates. You guys, have you talked about? Yeah. Because, and I think in have some you ways, set boundaries yet? Right. And I think in some ways, it's a reaction to examples where you don't talk about that. Because uh-huh. I do think uh-huh. you. I remember having one of my roommates. Um, she was talking about like Mel. Like, 
how do who do I honestly talk to in the church about like my understanding of like what my body is doing when I'm with my now mm-hmm. fiance, right? Mm-hmm. Like I can feel myself like acknowledge what's happening mm-hmm. of like what I, if I if I you know if I'm um, you know, dress this way, I know I'm creating kind of like a power dynamic. Mm-hmm. And what do I do with that? And what, what does that look like to do in a way that's honoring each other, mm-hmm. you know? And who do I go to, right? Mm-hmm. And is it even bad that I'm even saying this? I'm like, mm-hmm. no, we're sexual beings. Like, yeah. there's something we need to do about that. So, yeah. well, I think that's helpful even in tying, I mean, we don't want to tie it too strongly, but there is a connection between sexuality, your yeah. body, and power. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's something even I haven't I guess I haven't thought enough about like how my body can present power. But I mean, from a young age, about the age of 12, I started learning that my voice, mm. like using my voice in a certain cadence at a certain level, yeah. being Italian-American and being able to shout and yell. And since I've had years of practice around the dinner table eating pasta, yelling, um, I can use my voice to be louder than everyone. Mm. And since I can be louder than everyone, I can control a room. Yeah. Um, so there's even something where it's like, you pick up that as a kid and I've, it's been super helpful to give people giving me words for like my Italian American experience and how my voice mm-hmm. can be used for a power of good, mm-hmm. but also a power of destruction. But in the same way, your body can be used for yeah. a power in some ways of good, um, but also of yeah. destruction. But we normally just focus on the destruction, especially with women. Your, right. your body is a, a powerful tool, but it's normally just always used for devastation. Right. And I do think that can translate to what relationship building is, right? Yeah. Like non, in, in general, but I do think in the romantic sense, when we start to move into dating, there's a lot of power in what you do in those relationships. And I think in what happens and how you end relationships. Yeah. Um, and you can, you can devastate a person if you forget the dignity of that individual and the way yeah. you end things. Like even yeah. just like you, you, the fact that we have a term like ghosting, you know, <laughs> I think it's like, uh so we like, just... well, I can't even use the word like Casper because at least he's a friendly ghosting <laughs> right. you know but why does it have to be just straight up ghosting it's like we've lost our ability to communicate like simply the reality of a situation yep like I I'm I know this is going to hurt but I want to be mm-hmm. truthful I'm not I'm face interested this. Yeah. right like yeah. I just just like give the other person and yourself the dignity of ending because it validates that this situation occurred right even if it was like a one a first date like um not and and again the degree in which you do that i think is connected to the 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 level Mm -hmm. of that relationship Mm -hmm. right if you're just like went on a first date from someone you met online then a text is probably okay right and but even just saying like hey um i actually don't think this is going to go on past this situation it was great to meet you um (laughs) but but really i think doing that of like it gives closure to both of us Mm -hmm. um and you can keep going you know you know now that's that's different if you've been in a relationship with someone and you're gonna bring things and you better not be sending a text out like (laughs) (laughs) that's a horrible way to (laughs) i don't think i've ever rejected through text or been rejected through text thank god (laughs) but i have a lot of friends but i mean even thinking of like dating in my upbringing of i mean i was kind of raised in a mormon culture Mm. i mean if you're listening they're no longer identifying as mormons they're members of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints just Mm. so you know um they won't be offended they won't be offended if you call mormons but that's they're not really adopting that that title anymore Mm. but so since i was in this culture of mormons mormons almost have the opposite problem of christianity in Mm. terms of culture um or in terms of evangelical christianity in terms of culture because we almost stifle dating because we make it so serious and commitment has to come so soon and boundaries and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Where Mormons almost encourage like, hey, let's let's date a bunch of people so we can figure out what we like. Mm-hmm. Um, but they almost get into so much serial dating. Mm-hmm. Um, where I even, so for instance, in high school, I dated a Mormon girl mm-hmm. for a year and a half-ish, maybe two years, um, depending on when you <laughs> when you would ask what the start date is. Yeah. Um, but we probably broke up a good three, four times, not because we wanted to, but because she felt the pressure of we're not supposed to date longer than three to six months, really, in Mormon culture. Mm. Like you kind of you want to break up, find someone new. OK, because now I can gauge Colton against Johnny, oh, against see. Jimmy, against whoever. So I can know what I like. So when mm. I get to college and I'm ready to marry, I know exactly what I'm looking mm. for. But that actually just leads to not building commitment, not working on getting through the hard times of a relationship. So it stifles that in regard, but I'd yeah. still almost take 
that much encouragement of dating than a culture that stifles it completely and makes mm-hmm. you so scared to make a mistake. Because right. Mormons can make mistakes. Mm-hmm. You can go on a first date and it doesn't work out. You can go on 10 dates, it doesn't work out. Um, it's almost like they want mm-hmm. you to, to not work out. They don't want you to get committed. Um, especially, I mean, since I was an evangelical and she was a Mormon, we mm-hmm. both really didn't tell our parents. And so gotcha. <laughs> that's another gotcha. dynamic of, of dating <laughs> where, there. <laughs> where I, I mean... Yeah, wanting wanting your parents involved, but that never happened in my my story. Um, but I mean, then I got to Biola, mm. and it was the f- f- complete opposite. Mm. The next person I was going to date, I had to make sure I was ready to marry her within the first few dates, or else I was going to hurt her, and I was wasting everyone's time, mm. and I'm a jerk. So I went from a complete culture of like date whoever, kiss whoever, doesn't right. matter until you get to college, and then your your clock starts. Right. And then Biola, <laughs> it's like if you ask a girl out and you aren't fully convinced in your mind that you mm-hmm. like them, you're just leading them on. You're going to hurt them and you're a jerk. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is this weird paradigm totally. in my mind where I wish there was somewhere in the middle. Where's the Goldilocks method? As, Lister, <laughs> yeah. as Lister would say, you know, Rob yeah. Lister was like, what's the Goldilocks? Like, like where we can take the commitment <laughs> and mm-hmm. some of the seriousness of yeah. evangelical dating with the like fun, <clears throat> lighthearted aspect mm-hmm. of Mormon dating where it's like, it's okay to let someone down. Like, it's okay that it didn't work out. This isn't an indictment on who you are. You're not no longer worthy of marriage if this dating relationship didn't work out. Mm -hmm. So somewhere in the middle. (laughs) Right. And especially since the Bible, I mean, dating is a very new concept, Mm -hmm. um, for one. And the Bible was talking to people who got married around the age of 13 to 15. Well, it's very different cultural context. You know, like. like... We can't just, like, take these moral principles, although we can in some regard, Mm -hmm. um, and just, like, immediately compute them into dating and saying, this is the Christian way. Right. Of dating. And we talked a little bit before, like, we're not going to, you can't really argue for a Christian way of dating, mm-hmm. like very clear, defined, this is the only way to do it because the Bible doesn't speak to it, like yeah. directly one-to-one. So it no makes formula it's given. So then rejection is really hard because rejection wasn't a thing in mm-hmm. the Bible. It was. <laughs> not, not in the sense of dating. It was adultery <laughs> uh, and divorce, mm-hmm. but not in the sense of like what we have to face today where you could date someone for one year, two years, three years, four years, mm-hmm. and then decide. I don't want to take this any further um, yeah. than rejection. So let's let's get into rejection. How do you think Christians handle rejection on both ends? Um, <laughs> and mm. evangelicals, again, because Christians are such a wide, wide category. Um, but in your experience, I mean, in your own life, but working mm. with students, being an RD, what has rejection looked like for mm. them? And is has that been a good, good thing? You know, I was always... I read this book a couple of years ago, several times, actually. It was called... Um, the Bible. Uh, yes, that book, <laughs> but not this book. Uh, <laughs> no, it was a book called Loves Me, Loves Me Not, The Ethics of Unrequited mm. Love mm. by Laura Snit. And she's a professor um, over at Messiah or Calvin. I can't remember. Um, when you hear loves me, loves me not, you know, like from pulling off the leaves, right. do you think of Shrek? Because I think of Shrek from the scene <laughs> of, uh, I think, Shrek coming back with the flower to Fiona. I don't. I okay. think I've seen Shrek <laughs> once. Uh, so I mean, I'm, not, I'm not like an avid Shrek consumer. I, know, just... um, I just, I don't know why. When I hear he, he, she loves me, she loves me not. I think of Shrek walking with his, his flower and Fiona changes into an ogre, but she doesn't want to see him. So he right. feels like oh. she doesn't love him. And so it was a very emotional moment for me as like Ooh. an 11 year old. So Colton, I see you connecting to those phrases and that scene. <laughs> Um, since I've only seen it once. So let's connect the Lesme, Lesme Not to the book and to not the to book. <laughs> But it's connected to, yeah, Lesme, Lesme Not, The Ethics of Unrequited Love. And it's a, it's a, you know, there's some seasons where I love that book and there's other seasons where I hate that book because mm-hmm. it's bringing out truths that I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, it's like, well, just leave me alone for a little bit. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let like, me be comfortable I... <laughs> in my unhealth. <laughs> um, but I think one of, one of the themes that she pulls out is um, that people should, it, of all the people that, of all the communities that people want to date, they should want to date Christians mm-hmm. um, because of the way in which we view the inherent dignity of a person, the way we practice these kind of fruits of kindness and love and, and honoring one another, right? Like, if you're going to d- go through a dating experience, like, you'd want to go through a dating experience with a Christian. But mm-hmm. in all reality, that's not true, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes people are like, Sadly, sometimes I've even talked to friends who, you know, again, we're in our 30s now. We're kind of transitioned into different uh, um, mediums of dating, like online. Um, and one of the themes that we pick up or that I've even heard from 
several of my girlfriends is like some of the guys that they have dated, some of the worst guys they've dated have called themselves Christian, you mm. know? Oh, yeah. Right? By the way they, yeah, their, re- <laughs> their reaction, their uh, assumptions. Well, in my in my friendship with women, the hardest thing is, well, and one of the biggest areas of my compassion and heart mm. is having to almost help rebuild like what it looks like to be a, a man who's a Christian who's not a phony because mm. they dated that. I mean, the Christian guy was the one that pushed their boundaries, a Christian right. guy that was manipulated them. The Christian guy was the one that emotionally abused them. It's always guys who pretend to be Christians right. or are Christians, but just really unhealthy or in baby steps of it are the ones that are actually hurting the yeah. most. Yeah, And so I think even it's like, um, uh, I've just been sitting with that. Like when, if someone is entering into relationship with me, mm-hmm. um, whether it's okay. Uh, platonic, just any kind of relationship, mm-hmm. but in a romantic dating, what is their experience, right? Like, mm-hmm. do they truly experience a sense of being seen as a whole person? Do they feel, I think, and I, I sometimes can be like, that's just simplifying it. But I'm really actively thinking about that now as I'm entering into relationships that I, maybe I was not that place when I was, you know, junior high, high school, mm-hmm. but I'm just like, Whoever I'm engaging with, I want to think well about that. And so the whole process, whether which includes rejection, mm-hmm. I want them to know that in this, in their experience of dating me or being in relationship with me, that we can walk away being like, yeah, I'm a whole person as yeah. I walk away yeah. from this. Even, not even, but you will feel pain mm-hmm. and you will mm-hmm. feel hurt and lost. Like that. That's part of being human that's part of Mm -hmm. risking you -hmm. know like c.s lewis says if you don't want to feel that stuff just put your heart in a box seal it away (laughs) you know because which is what a lot of people do yeah and i feel like that is such a grief Mm -hmm. you know that's something to grief because Mm -hmm. i don't think that's also the life god desires for us and so i think about that like her book bringing that about in the way of just how i um engage a whole relationship you know and i think about um that Ending things is just as important as beginning things, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of it is a lot of learning how to do that. Um, and it's honoring yourself, too, to mm-hmm. end things well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, sorry, your question again was actually about. <laughs> no, but that's helpful. I mean, you're, you're getting to it. It's just more of, I mean, how do it's like how do Christians handle rejection? Are we mm-hmm. doing a good job with it? And you've been getting at it that in some ways, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you're getting that because we don't do dating well in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. So then when you don't date well, if you don't start well, you don't do the middle well, yes. it's going to be really hard to end well. And so that's that's kind yeah. of what you're working through. Well, so. and I think the idea of like, so when you think about dating, you know, from the non-religious, non-Christian context, the question is like, is the Christian model of dating shaping the way the non-Christian community mm-hmm. dates, right? Like, yeah, are people like, wanting to actually date like Christians? Right, be like, man, like, they have done this so well that, like, when they <laughs> end, like, why is that person still, like, yeah. still a whole... A part of the community, right? still, still feeling the, whole. Right, yeah. like, do people look at... It's, again, and that's a big context in general, right? Like, who's shaping who, right? Mm-hmm. Are we truly mm-hmm. shaping the dating culture or is dating culture shaping the way we interact with one another, mm-hmm. uh, the expectation mm-hmm. of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like, you know, I want to sit with that honestly and well. And I think about, you know, my, the three major kind of, re- uh, I would I'd say I have like three major rejections and then a lot of just like, mm-hmm. you know, smaller ones in the sense of like the commitment or how long I've known that person <laughs> is not at the same degree, but each one is still saying, I value myself to end this well. And I value you. You know, mm-hmm. and my three major like uh, endings of relationship all had different outcomes, yeah. you know, um, and I think it's OK because they're actually reflective of the level of commitment and our relationship and our relationship with others. Yeah. Right. Um, and I do think until I was in a place where I was rejecting someone. So for a good part of like my tw- tw- 20s, I was on the receiving end, you mm-hmm. know, of just people not being interested or not in that same way. Like mm-hmm. always felt like very cared for, but people were like, I'm just mm-hmm. not interested. And I think that notion of like, Oh my gosh, like 
what's mm-hmm. wrong? But I think mm-hmm. until when I stepped into my late twenties, thirties, and was just dating more, um, meeting different people who I, you know, was not interested in, and I was mm-hmm. on the end of saying like, man, like I remember um, one of the guys I was dating, was a great <clears throat> guy, you know, and just we, I just felt like we weren't going in the same direction, even in our interests, you know. He was a great christian guy had great qualities i i also wasn't attracted to him physically mm-hmm. and he was in like I, i'm all in kind of mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. and i thought like it would actually be really ingenuine and unkind to remain in this yeah because yeah. they're they're going in at a very different depth and a very different commitment than i am now i think it's different when you're like you're not sure you're still kind mm-hmm. of like like I, I do think sometimes like giving yourself several dates because the first dates are like soups awkward, right? Especially mm-hmm. if you like haven't mm-hmm. had capacity to build relationship and like community or friendship, right? Mm-hmm. You're just like two strangers meeting. Well, and you're like you got nerves. You got the nerves. It's so like, awkward. You, you don't even maybe get the full picture of who right? they are. Yeah. And so I'm just like, yeah, go on several dates. But I think when you get to the point where you're like, you know, now I'm kind of forcing myself to enter into like uh this date like because i i don't want to be a i don't want to be mean i don't want to mm-hmm. hurt that person mm-hmm. the reality is you are like yeah. when you enter into well, people end up rejecting too late yes yeah. and it's because they were so fearful of hurting them you're like mm-hmm. you're going to it takes a lot you, it takes a lot of courage to do both right to mm-hmm. enter in to remain but then to also speak truth mm-hmm. and i think i got to this point where i'm like man there's nothing wrong with him like in the sense of like and I think that was this epiphany for some reason for me where I'm like, there's nothing wrong with me mm-hmm. when someone is on the end. And sometimes there is. I'm not saying, yeah. you know, yeah. there are moments where you're like, wow, there's actually things There are things that are to. character that you can work on or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Like if you're or if it's codependency or yeah. things like that. But there, I genuinely was having a moment where I was like self-talking to myself with mm-hmm. all of those voices of like, gosh, what was wrong with me versus it being like it was actually a very kind thing to end that because I was entering into this where I could probably like I could make it work you know go through all you know Mm -hmm. like maybe it's just I just need to give it time Um, but really it's like no like you genuinely are not interested in that Mm -hmm. way like you can remain friends but that's not what they want like they're Mm -hmm. intentional Mm -hmm. and so how do you do that work to tell someone that and to own up to the fact that it's going to be painful mm-hmm. like to, it's it's silly to think i'm not gonna cause harm or pain to this person well yeah even in friendship <laughs> like yes. if you because th- people i mean the, the common moniker is you know i don't want to you know ask them out because i don't want to ruin the friendship i'm afraid of causing pain and there i mean there's some validity to that of course mm-hmm. but it's like well you don't think your friendship's going to cause you pain at some point right. like it's if your friendships aren't causing you pain it's because they're not that deep in my right. opinion yeah if you have deep committed friendship there's gonna be time where they do something that hurts you mm-hmm. um but well, we're so adversive to pain or creating pain that it makes rejection really yeah. hard well and i think it's also really selfish to assume that they can't learn from that yeah right? like they can't get over you're, you're their savior or their <laughs> caretaker yeah like yeah. i don't want them to go through that pain so i'm versus like this is the reality of our relationship. This is the reality of the situation. And we're both actually going to grow from this. And we're going to both need different, you know, support systems. Like, and they might go through a season of like, uh, their own level of like self-evaluating what happened here, but to trust that they can do that, you know, and that you don't have to be like for both. Well, like, through rejection is some of the biggest growth periods in my life. Yeah. Um, and I know in others. And so I guess two questions before we get to our like last kind of two things, big picture. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can take my own story and example. I've done rejection really well, mm. done it very terribly mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in terms of giving rejection. And I've been rejected well and mm-hmm. rejected not so well. Um, and so I guess the question is, if, if we are trying to follow Jesus and if mm. Jesus is Lord over all of our lives, if that's just a reality, um, and not to over-spiritualize dating. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But if the reality is is that when we get to the new creation and we're around the throne of Jesus or we're kind of living in this new creation, the person that you're dating and the person even you might get married to is going to be your sister or your brother. Like mm-hmm. it's no longer this marital, romantic type mm-hmm. thing. It's a different kind of relationship. So 
if that's who it is, if we're going to be united with them in Jesus in the new creation, mm-hmm. then how do we reject them well mm-hmm. and honoring their dignity? And then after you answer that, then mm-hmm. how do we get rejected well? Like how do we receive rejection well? Mm-hmm. So the first one, how do how do we reject well? Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that you have to take into account kind of the level of relationship, um, the time that you've been in relationship, mm-hmm. um, what has been communicated and expectation, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, rejecting someone you're engaged to versus yes. rejecting someone that you have been dating for a week or uh-huh. a, a year is going to uh-huh. be different. Right. So so I think there's a lot of there's I think you have to ask some really great questions mm-hmm. in that. But ultimately, I think to reject well is to validate what has happened in this relationship, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, and what's happening for you and what you have seen occur for them and letting them voice that too. Mm-hmm. I do think it takes, um, in person. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, now if you are, you know, it's this your second date, yeah. you kind of thing. That's a different yeah. thing. But if this is, you Have know, you've been in a committed relationship. If you've been in a committed relationship some with someone, um, or even if it's like unrequited, right? Like maybe it's a friendship that yeah. has had has had notions of maybe emotional like ties, right? And you ha- are stepping into a place where I actually need to end this because it's no longer healthy, right? Mm -hmm. For both of us. And I remember one of my mentors even saying, you know, um, for for three of the individuals that I have ended relationship with, um, they also wanted to be in relationship with me in the sense of like friendship because Mm -hmm. of what we've developed. Mm -hmm. And um, my mentor, Ryan Lowe, he said, you know, Mel, the reality is you're going to have to be the one who's going to be negotiating where Mm -hmm. your heart is and all of that. Mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and and each person has different capacity for it yeah you know um and for one individual you have a lot of shared relationships right yeah you can't really get out of that right you're like <laughs> even, if you wanted to. <laughs> even if you wanted to and so you have to really ask those questions of what it looks like to be honest and authentic in that space as you're navigating a severed or changed relationship you know and this doesn't even mean if you're in a committed like actual relationship it could be the unrequited pieces you know and for others it could be like you know you're not going to see each other anymore like seasons have changed yeah um it actually might be more harmful for you to to like keep this relationship yeah. right and so how do you because you're not gonna have enough normal mm-hmm. casual interactions to rebuild a new kind of friendship yeah so if like for instance i had a relationship with a girl who lives in a different state mm-hmm. ended up breaking it off yeah it would not be helpful for us to try to check in over text or something to be friends because we don't have enough normal mm-hmm. conversations in group environments to like have that friendship yeah. and so it it wouldn't be wouldn't be helpful. Yeah, and but if, if it's like the person that's you share all the same friends because you went to the same university or work at the same place, right? You don't really have an option for one, right? But and two, you <laughs> it'll be easier, I think, to actually maybe form a a casual friendship back once again. Mm-hmm. And to create those boundaries for yeah. yourself, like recreating them, just being like, you know, the reality is, it's hard for me to be in the same room with you, just because I know even though you're not interested or that that's still true for me. So Mm -hmm. don't cause yourself to be in a place where um, you are then having to navigate a place that you haven't actually. Well, especially in the unrequited friendship kind of thing. You were like, okay, I'm picking up signals. We're connecting. This seems romantic. Mm -hmm. This seems like we can move forward. And you say, Hey, do you want to move forward? And they're like, Oh, I didn't feel that. They're probably going to act if they're healthy, mm-hmm. you know, individual, they're going to act in the same way. Right. And so you're going to be around the same signals and stimuli that for you was yeah. drawing you in. And so yeah. it, to be in the same room and then to have like make a joke with you or something, it's triggering your once yep. stimuli of like, oh, this is something. Yes. <laughs> so it's like keeping the hope that should right. have died Yeah. because I think it's something that's healthy. <laughs> Because you're still in the same kind of connecting yeah. way. Yeah. And I think we have to do the honest work of acknowledging that. Yeah. Right? And not yeah. pretending like, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah, I'm strong. Right. And, I'm and, healthy. And like, the reality is like um, media doesn't help because there, you know, there's so many like those hope 
videos like just stay 10 years you know because at yeah. that 10 year everything's yeah. gonna change yeah. and again there have the nice ten... guy always wins in the end it's not true <laughs> right it he should or they should, they should but they it doesn't mean they will um so i think in that way i remember even one of um uh one of the guys i was you know like we were bringing closure to our relationship our friendship with mm-hmm. um i also wanted to really honor our friendship like mm-hmm. in the sense of like the the good and the growth that happened, but also communicate like um, I'm not going to be actually like continuing being in a relationship with you. Right. Yeah. And and not to just like just stop talking because actually mm-hmm. I honored that really I that relationship meant a lot to me. And for some if you do that, there's there, there's no like second guessing. They're not like, why isn't mm-hmm. that like, why did she stop talking to me? You know, but for those that that does occur, I think even. Yeah, I think doing the work of verbalizing the reality of what has been and what has been shared mm-hmm. um, so that you can actually say, like, this is why it's painful. Yeah. Right? It's painful because um, I have let myself be known. We have shared relationship. Mm-hmm. We've shared memories. And and now we can actually grieve it and actually mm-hmm. bring closure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. and. I know that not everyone gets to have that opportunity, mm-hmm. but I would hope that anyone who's been in relationship with me in any capacity um, in, in, in a dating sense has felt like through that I was seen as a whole person and I was engaged with as a whole person. I was held as a whole person because I would want that for myself. And if we're doing that for one another, um, I think we would leave more whole people <laughs> yeah. at the wake of um, relationships that are going to be painful, yeah. right? Because you're changing relationship, you're severing something or, or you're um, having to surrender hope or an expectation that you had with someone. Yeah. And I think if we pretend that that's not going to bring any form of pain, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, <laughs> like yeah. what world are you living in? Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, so if I think if we're thinking about that for each other, uh-huh. then hopefully, even as we're making mistakes, I feel like we'd be making mistakes moving forward. Like, yeah, you know, like maybe I, I didn't say exactly what they had hoped to hear from me, but I want them to know that I thought about how this would be. Yeah, and that feels very dignified, right? Yeah. Versus just being like, "This isn't working out. Talk yeah. to you later." Well, yeah, and if you're, if you're, <laughs> be like, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, or just say, just say you're not interested. I think even that part mm-hmm. of just like, mm-hmm. it helps, just it helps me know. And I know some people will be like, why do you keep needing to hear that, you know, from mm-hmm. the other person? Just move on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it's not the sense of like I need to hear that. I think it's just a practice of being in relationship. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. like you know when you're with a, a child and they don't know yet the words they need. Can just be like, so tell me how you're feeling, mm-hmm. and and we grow that over time. And I think any form way. of relationship, but dating really yeah. brings that out. Um, yeah, yeah. And if you get rejected, it's not because it doesn't necessarily mean it's because you're not hot enough. It's not because I don't have a mm-hmm. six pack because I have a belly full of pizza dough. It's right. not because of some big personality flaw. Yeah. It could just be dynamics. It right. could just be the meshing. It could just be the complementary that they were looking for that they didn't find. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't have to be a big character flaw, although right. it is a chance for you to let them like hear feedback. Like, right. what, what was it for you? Yeah. And maybe they bring it up. It's a chance for you to, to learn from it, to grow in it. Mm-hmm. Um, or to figure out that they were wrong right. and screw them and you can just move on, you know? <laughs> well, and I think it's hard because like, when you use your, your, when you base your um, examples of modeling rejection from like society or movies mm-hmm. or films, the movies are terrible. It's pretty shallow, yeah. right? It's, yeah. People are not like, man, let me just know your whole person. It's just be like, you know, the, the teen high school dramas, you know, it's just like, you're not popular enough or, and, and so mm-hmm. sometimes that builds. He wants into, to date the cheerleader right? or she actually is going after the, just like the jock. Right. So your psyche kind of like feeds into it. So it's yeah. like, it's, it's not surprising where we get those notions, but mm-hmm. I do think like if we are genuinely asking, um, I value, myself as a human and the person I'm in relationship with and to think um how can I honor this relationship like how do I do that like and if we ask that question I think we'll know what the steps are yeah right it's it's like okay like what has 
what has Colton and I committed to? Like we've been in relationship for mm-hmm. a year and we've talked about these things and that's going to change. Mm-hmm. Then what do I need to address in this ending yeah. is going to be dictated yeah. by that. So yeah. I just think it's a lot more work <laughs> uh-huh. than what we do. And again, that's like at that deep level, but even I've been practicing it as I'm in the online dating world, you know, like, I've had to learn, like, I have to ask what they mean by Christian, you know, now, uh-huh. um, because I have very different examples of what yeah. it means. Um, and then I have to s- communicate, like, uh, maybe it's not in person because we've only met once. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, actually, like, I want to honor my time and your time and be pretty honest that I'm not interested. Yeah. Um, and so I don't think we should go on that second yeah. date. And right? that might sting, but it, it is, it will be something that's good for both of you. Yeah, it gives yeah. closure and it's. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah. So I guess kind of our, our last little question here is what is your hope for the church in general, Christians in the church in general, and how we handle rejection and dating? I, we've talked about this a lot. We've talked about ideas for how you can do it better, ways of approaching it better, ways we've gone wrong. But if you could offer kind of like a hope, if, you, if someone was sitting with you and they were so distraught over dating or so distraught over rejection, um, specifically within the church, what would be your hope you'd offer to them? First, from what I've experienced, I would hope that people would feel the freedom to feel what they felt. Because hmm. I think sometimes um, we're quick to really soothe, you know, yep. um, something that's actually very painful. Yeah. Um, well, this it, is why guys will be like, well, I didn't even hurt. She's, right. And they immediately just demonize the other. Well, mm-hmm. they're a, a B word or right. they're a, a jerk or they're a D bag or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, it, that's I think that's where that's coming from. They're trying to avoid the pain. Yeah. And so that's why I would really hope that we would attune ourselves to the reality of what we had experienced. Like feel. Mm-hmm. You can feel. um devastated um and you don't have to um feel like you have to qualify of like but i'm a christian you know like Mm -hmm. i believe god Mm -hmm. like i believe god's plans i'm like no i i'm not questioning the fact that you believe god has good plans Mm -hmm. for you um but i hope you feel okay to say like you're sad yeah um, and, and side note, maybe dive into what exactly. Yeah, and what's God's what's plans. his? Yeah, does he have a soulmate for you? Probably not. But he could work <laughs> things out. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, what's behind that sadness? Yes, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, so I think that's a, a a deep hope that I have is that we would actually um, deepen our understanding of ourselves through the process of dating and relationship and who, like, and what God is trying to do in us. Like, mm-hmm. um, I hope we keep taking risks. Like, I hope that, um, that through this process, it doesn't, it doesn't harden us, Yeah. but it actually makes us more and more human. Yeah. Right. Like, um, that we keep believing in the, the ability to, to trust and to put ourselves in those vulnerable spaces, um, because we can walk away as a whole person, you know, um, there's this beautiful, um, poem that you know i've navigated that has helped me navigate some hard seasons of rejection and there's moments where the poem feels very hard Mm -hmm. (laughs) and others where it feels very freeing you know Mm -hmm. um and it says don't surrender your loneliness so quickly let it cut you more deep let it ferment and season you as few humans and even divine ingredients can Because something missing in my heart tonight has made my eyes so soft, my voice so tender, my need for God absolutely clear. Hmm. And it just brings me back. It's a very raw moment to, um, it's a very vulnerable moment to enter into a relationship Mm -hmm. and then to experience the end of that. Yeah. You know, and if it's done well, it can feel a little bit more like Mm -hmm. you're, you can start the healing process. Mm -hmm. If it's not done well, it can wreck. people's view of self view of relationships Uh so when i even think about like divorce you know Uh like and how it causes fear sometimes in what people think like i saw these two committed people who loved each other like yeah completely if divorce done i mean i've seen people who have done divorce in the sense of just like uh in a um, i don't know how to say loving way but people who've also just like Mm -hmm. 
yeah, I can't even put into words sometimes. Yeah. But so I think I I read that because there's an invitation in any form of relationship making and in any um, process of closing and yeah. ending and rejecting. And maybe the word rejection feels hard for mm-hmm. people. And I do think that joke of like when I was telling my friend I'm going to be talking about this and they're like, you should call it like you're too good at goodbyes. You know, like <laughs> Sam Smith got something. But, Everyone loves some good Sam right? Smith. Right, some little Sam Smith. But, it's, but you know, I think I, I would say if I talk to every person I've been in relationship with um, and ask like, how did you feel walking out of that relationship? Yeah. My hope would be that they said like, I felt seen by you. Well, I felt honored in our relationship and I felt like I could keep going. Yeah. And I would want that for myself. So, if we kept doing that yeah. for each other, then I, yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> That's helpful. Um, really think people are going to be blessed, especially those who have been rejected, which is probably everyone, and those who have had to reject someone, which is probably mostly everyone. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we can do it better. Um, yes. That's yes. the hope. But and thanks uh, so much, Melanie. Thank you, Colton, awesome. for having me on here. And as always, if you've enjoyed what you have heard today or enjoyed what this podcast is doing and what is it about, it would help us out greatly if you could leave us a review and if you could subscribe to the podcast. This helps us reach other people and this helps us fulfill what this podcast is ultimately trying to do, which is bring hope to those who are trapped, those who are struggling, and those who are wondering what to do with sexuality. We hope that Melka's words today encouraged you in your dating aspirations, reframed how you view rejection, and ultimately made you feel hope for relationships. And all these things, may the God of hope fill you all with joy and peace in believing, so by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope.